new series here at CBC called Confidence, Confidence on the Frontline. And it is a six-week series for the whole of Lent. Uh, many of us have signed up for a, a devotional reading plan that goes with the series, 40 days of readings, one each day, following up the themes in our small groups and also each Sunday. And we're thinking about this theme of confidence, particularly frontline confidence, sharing our faith where we find ourselves in our everyday, Monday to Saturday. And we're doing that through six C's, through being convinced, through community, through compassion, consistency, competence, and courage. We looked at convinced last week. We had a visiting speaker, Gavin Calvercum. And today, we're thinking about finding confidence through community. Now, I... Um, we had a great news story last week, which felt very timely here at the beginning of Lent and leading up to Easter. I don't know if you picked up on this story in the BBC News, but it was about a man who stole 200,000 Cadbury's cream eggs last week. Now, I love chocolate, which is maybe why the story caught my eye, although I can take or leave a cream egg. Is anyone with me on that? Yeah, so um, I, you know, I just feel like I need to say that because... Once, in, and I'm not saying this for any loaded reason, but once I mentioned that my favourite Christmas chocolate was a, was a Quality Street Green Triangle, and somebody bought me a whole tin full. Isn't that amazing? So I'm just saying, everybody, I don't particularly like Cadbury's cream eggs. <laughs> but I do like Cadbury's dairy milk, just saying that. <laughs> now, um... A man called Joby Paul was uh, caught. He used a stolen lorry to break into an industrial unit in Telford to casually take 200,000 Cadbury's cream eggs. And the best thing about the story was the reporting by BBC West Midlands who said this, a man who stole 200,000 Cadbury's cream eggs caused a police panic about Easter has been convicted in court. The vehicle was stopped on the M42 motorway, leading West Mercia Police to say to its officers is officers hunting someone presumably purporting to be the Easter Bunny had saved Easter. I love the thought that this caused a police panic about Easter. The chocolate was worth more than £31,000. What would we do if the officers hadn't caught the fake Easter Bunny? Easter would not have been saved. Now, if you're wondering, to reassure you, apparently the cream eggs hadn't been tampered with and they will go back on the shelves this Easter. There's something about the kind of self-confidence and self-assurance anyone must have to casually steal £31,000 worth of cream eggs. That is pretty amazing, and to think that you might get away with it. Confidence is an interesting word, an interesting concept, one that we're thinking about during Lent, leading up to Easter. And, spoiler alert, we'll find out in the weeks to come that you need more than some rescued cream eggs to save Easter. I don't know what comes to mind when you think about confidence or how you might describe somebody who is a confident person. Perhaps you look at Abby, who shared her story. You know, this kind of uh, young woman sharing her faith on stage. You know, maybe think, isn't she just really confident to do that? Or you might look at somebody in your workplace and they're just really self-assured. Or, or perhaps a, a celebrity or someone in the public eye who's not easily phrased and you think, surely that is what confidence is. The Oxford English Dictionary says this about what confidence is, a belief and an assurance in one's own abilities, self-confidence, or the abilities of another. When someone is baptised, we always pray 
and ask God for a particular verse for that person, which they can hold on to and remember in the days to come, which Andy did for Abby today. Now, I have a verse which is very meaningful to me. It wasn't actually the one um, given to me at my baptism, but it wasn't long after. It was shared with me very early on in my university days when I was leading the, the Christian Union. And someone since this verse was particularly important for me in a, a, a some kind of worship gathering, a verse that they felt that I needed from God. And it was this verse in Hebrews 10. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. And it really resonated with me. And it was amazing timing because unbeknown to them, I'd been wrestling with all sorts of doubts. And that verse just felt so right at the time. And it became, and it still is, a a bit of a life verse for me, one that I've held on to and reminded myself of many, many times since then. I can have confidence in the person and work of Jesus. And I'm to hold on to that because there's a reward, a rich reward for people who throw down their anchor on the faithfulness of God and trust in Jesus. And we're thinking about this kind of confidence that Christians can grow in. Yes, it is self-confidence, like the dictionary suggests, but not in our own abilities. This isn't about a kind of aren't I brilliant confidence, but growing in our confidence because of the person of Jesus and his abilities, what he has done the truth of Jesus as revealed in the Bible. And we're thinking about how this kind of confidence can grow in such a way that it helps us to be braver and better in the way that we share that with others. And the particular angle on that that we're looking at today is the key role that community can play in helping us grow in confidence. One of the characteristics of modern Western culture is that it is often hyper-individualized. It's all about the self. It's all about me and my personal growth, about developing me as a person. And community can get lost. It's interesting that during the pandemic, we saw a renewed valuing of community and looked for ways to support one another. The importance of it came to the fore again. And I'd want to suggest that growing in Christian character and in confidence on our front line will be hindered if we ignore one of the key ingredients, which is community. And I want to say two things on the back of those thoughts about community as it relates to us growing in confidence in our faith. And the first is this, is that spiritual growth is unapologetically relational. The Bible does not apologise when it says that faith is not just an individual thing, but a community thing. Two verses, Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You might know that verse. You might have heard the verse and not known it was in the Bible. It's a a well-known quoted piece of wisdom, right out of Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron. And 1 Thessalonians 5, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Now, the Thessalonian church was going through a really tough time and had some difficult questions. And this verse is set in a context where Paul reminds them that they're to encourage one another with the truth of the gospel and what what that means for their lives and for their loved ones. They were to encourage each other, to help apply God's word and his priorities to their purposes for their lives one another 
This, this reciprocal thing, it's not a one-way thing. We all have a part to play in encouraging and giving confidence to each other. And similarly, at the heart of that proverb about iron sharpening iron is the same reminder. A, a sword or a knife can't sharpen itself. If you've tried to chop a carrot with a blunt knife, you all know how ineffective it is. For, for the blade to keep its cutting edge, it's got to come into contact with something equally as tough. If we're to grow in confidence in our faith, we need each other and we need community. That's a non-negotiable and it's part of the deal. It is part of the deal. This word encourage that Paul uses to the Thessalonians is the Greek word parakaleo, bringing two words together. Para, meaning alongside, like the word parallel, and kaleo, to call. Literally, it means to call alongside, to come alongside, to give support, to encourage. So when he says encourage one another, he says call, call each other alongside, bring people alongside, come and encourage one with another. If we want to be braver and more confident about sharing our faith and living lives for Jesus in our everyday, that will only work if we've got a community of encouragement to do that. And that is what we want to be for each other. One of the things that's happening when we get baptised is that we're recognising, interestingly, that spiritual growth is unapologetically relational. Look at this verse um, in 1 Corinthians 12 that Paul says to the Corinthian church, for we were all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Some versions say we were baptised into his body. Now, Abby isn't just being baptised into Jesus. It's not just about her and the Lord, a personal faith. That's part of it. That's where it starts, me trusting in Jesus, asking for forgiveness for my sins. She's baptised into his body. She has a new family. She belongs to the family of God, the whole family of God, not just this family, the whole family of God with God as her father and the family that she will need if she's going to grow. If we're to keep going and to keep trusting, we need friends and church family to spur us on. So all of that is to say that there are some challenges for us there. There are some challenges here that if we want to grow in confidence as Jesus followers, actually really asking ourselves, am I really deeply hooked into Christian community to help me with that? Am I more than just a consumer who comes to kind of receive and leave again? Have I got people around me who spur me on in my faith? Do I have true relational connections? And do I do that for others? Do I encourage and spur others on? Do I come alongside others? You know, I had a card sent to me this week just to encourage me. No other reason than just for encouragement, I don't think. And it did me so much good. Are we encouraging each other in any way we can for no other reason other than it helps us be followers of Jesus in our frontline places? Maybe you feel the challenge about being baptised today. There's community and there's this challenge about baptism. If you were here last week, Gav Calver was here from the EA and he, he, he basically said, are you all in? Are you all in with your faith? And loads of us stood up and said, I want to be braver and do better and be bolder in sharing my faith to be more confident. 
If you haven't been baptised, this is a gift that God gives to help us. It's a gift. It's not a duty. It's not a hoop to jump through. It's not a scary thing that we need to do. We won't enjoy it. It is a gift from God. It's a way of saying, I am all in. I am for you, Jesus. I've given my life to you. And it's symbolic of our need for each other as we are baptised into Christ and into his body. And this may be an important step of faith for some of you here today. We'll be having more baptisms soon. Don't put that off if you know it's for you. Spiritual growth is unapologetically relational. And finding confidence through community also reminds us that the church as a community is God's plan A. In order for our friends and our neighbours to know that God is good and real and that Jesus is alive, the way that he has chosen to, to do that, to show that his plan A is through the community of his church, us as a people. Ephesians 2, consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. We are built together with Jesus as the cornerstone. We are stronger together than alone. The resource that we're using for this confidence series, um, the devotional and the six themes comes from an organisation called LICC, the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity. And LICC's whole ethos is about whole life discipleship. Christians are represented, they say, in this graphic. Um, Christians are represented by the red dots. Here we are as followers of Jesus here in the first picture, um, as followers of Jesus gathered together on a Sunday. Less than 6% of the population currently go to church once a month or more, and that's proportionally represented here, six dots, six red dots in a sea of grey dots. And the second picture is us scattered in our frontline places. Every one of us has got a frontline, the place where we spend most of our time rubbing up against people who don't share our faith. For some of us, that might be work or at home with family or a sports club or the school gate, the place where we spend most of our time with people who wouldn't say that they had faith. And it's a helpful graphic because it shows that the contact and the impact of each red dot is much greater when we're scattered than when we're gathered. We rub up against a lot more grey dots Monday to Saturday than we do when we're gathering together. And it's a really important value for us as a church that gathering together like this is equipping us for our front line. Sometimes we describe it like this is the kind of half-time team talk. We're out busy with our lives, out on a pitch, Monday to Saturday, doing whatever that might look like. And we come on a Sunday to gather together to kind of, it's a bit like a team talk, to be encouraged and spurred on, to suck an orange, to be fed and encouraged and then get back out in the game. Now churches can be very, very focused on what happens in here, but a really important value for us is that we see Sundays and any kind of gatherings actually as strategic in equipping each other for out there, that the real action ha happens out there. If we stay in our little huddles, in our corner, the impact is dramatically reduced. It's a value for us which we communicate regularly. Our front line is hugely significant to God. So just to see that in practice, 
want to ask you this question. Where are you going to be this time tomorrow? Where will you be at 11 o'clock on Monday morning or most Monday mornings? Just put your hand up if I mention a place that applies to you. How many people on most Mondays at 11 will be at work? Just put your hand up. Have a quick look around. You know, loads of us tomorrow are going to be at work. Who tomorrow will be engaged in some kind of third space that is a social space like a gym class or a coffee shop or meeting with friends? Put your hand up if that's going to be you. Still quite a good number of us. Who will be caring for either young children or older family members or who will be spending time with family in some way? Put that, your hand up if that's you tomorrow. Quite a lot of us. And I won't ask who'll be watching daytime TV eating Cadbury's cream eggs, because that might just be wishful thinking on my part. Now, of course, there's going to be time when um, we're on our own. You know, you might want to go for a run. The house has got to get cleaned at some point and so on. But that reminds us that this time tomorrow, the people of God, his church, will be scattered in all of those places. Here we are together singing that we have an anchor and leaning on each other for encouragement and faith. And then tomorrow, at work, caring for a family member, taking a child to school at the school gate, going to a gym class, having a coffee with a friend. We will be scattered, red dots amongst a sea of grey. And our prayer is that this affects that, that we are braver and kinder and bolder and more aware of God's presence and more willing to share our faith in words and in deeds because we've been here like this or because we've been in a, a, a small group or a prayer trip or an accountability friendship or because someone sent us a card to encourage us or said they're praying for us in a text message or told us that they're praying on our front line, that this affects that. Gathered and scattered blessed to be a blessing. Abby said in her story something about wanting to share her faith with everyone around her. And she said, um, I'm, I'm committing to that journey wherever it takes me. Abby, this red dot, alive with the Holy Spirit in a sea of grey, like us all. I've mentioned this course a few times recently. It's called Joining In. Um, our two-evening course for people who are new or newish to CBC and who want to explore what belonging and growing looks like, what church membership might mean, what our values are, what getting involved might look like. Now, we've had to close the bookings for this course because 35 people have signed up, which I'm just hugely encouraged about. 35 newish people want to join in with our community here. We have um, got another course happening in June. If you'd like to come to joining in, um, bookings will be open soon, so you can join that. If a key way that we gain confidence is through community, I'd want to say to you, join in. Join in with us if this is your home, or if you're part of another church, get stuck in there. It does not matter where. It's kingdom, not, not church, not individual church, as long as it's somewhere. And like I say, um, if you want to join in with us, um, there'll be details about another course coming really soon in June. The headline is this, that we need each other if we're going to be red dots like this, community, but scattered all over the place. Sometimes when I'm praying with someone about a particular need or a difficult situation, I pray along the lines of, I am lending you my faith. Um, I might have 
prayed that with you sometime and because it's, it's a really important idea to me. I love this idea that we, we lend faith to each other. I might have more faith for whatever you're going through than you do. And you will certainly have more faith than I do for some of the things that are happening for me. Let's lend each other faith. And that's what I'm talking about today. Spiritual growth is unapologetically relational. The church is God's plan A, and he does not have a plan B for the world. Let's lend each other faith. That's what this is all about. Confidence that comes through community. And so we to ask ourselves, what does it look like to truly connect with community? What does it look like to get stuck in with a church and with relationships? Getting baptised if you feel that challenge. Lending your faith to each other in prayer, in supporting one another, cheering each other on in our frontline places and asking that we might be brave wherever we are this time tomorrow. And let's pray that that red dot would rub up against a grey dot in a way that encourages others to want to explore the faith that we have, that we would represent Jesus well in those places. Let's lend each other faith as we try to be community together to give ourselves confidence in our front line. We're going to pray together. The band might want to come back up and... Uh, as we do that, I just want to give us a moment of quiet. It's always good to take a pause and just respond to anything in particular that the Lord has been saying to you. So just have a, a moment of quiet before we respond in worship together. Let's pray. Is there a particular challenge or nudge that you just feel God is highlighting for you that you just want to commit to in this coming week? Just do that if that's you. And it's also just be praying for each other that this time tomorrow... The Lord would give us his confidence to be braver, bolder, kinder as we seek to be good ambassadors for Jesus wherever we are. Pray for the people next to you, behind you, in front of you, in your rows. Lord, we lend each other our faith today. And we invite you here, Holy Spirit, to come and do your work among us. Thank you that this is significant because of how it can spur us on when we leave. Feed us and encourage us and bless us and help us, we pray. Before we stand and Calvin leads us in some worship to respond, I just want to, to mention something on the back of the series that we've just finished about our gatherings, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we've been leaning into him, 
sharing, listening for prompts and nudges and sharing what I might be saying. And just because that series is finished doesn't mean that our leaning into him and what he wants to do is finished. And we've got a bit of time as we respond today. And if you sense a particular word for us as a community today, I just wonder whether God might want to speak to us. So we're going to stand and sing in a moment, but if you feel God's saying something, please feel free to come down and share it with me. We'd love to share what God might be saying to us as a community if you feel a prompt. It might be a scripture, a picture, a prophetic sense of something, and we'll make some space to share that if it feels right to do so. So let's have opening, open ears and open hearts to what God might want to say, as well as responding in worship too. So why don't we stand? Let's stand, and we'll respond.